a well-regulated militia being necessary to the security of a free state. The right of the people to keep and bear arms shall not be infringed. Cam Edwards, your host, glad that you joined us on the program today. We've got a great one for you. South Dakota Governor Christy Nome going to join us in just a moment. Uh, we'll talk about the State of the State address that she delivered on uh, Wednesday of this week, calling for more pro-Second Amendment legislation in the state that already has quite a bit of it. I mean, South Dakota is a constitutional carry state after all. Governor Nome signing that bill into law in 2019. Uh, so what is on tap for 2022? Well, let's talk with the governor of South Dakota, Christy Nome. Take a look and a listen. Governor, thanks so much for spending some time with us here on Cam and Company. It's really great to talk with you today. Oh, it's wonderful to be with you. Thank you for making time. Oh, you bet. And it was fantastic as well to hear your support for the Second Amendment during your State of the State speech yesterday. And I've got to ask, it must be a little tough because South Dakota, look, you've already got so many good pro-gun laws on the books. I mean, you signed constitutional carry into effect. Uh, you've got, uh, you know, this great permitting process, but you want to make this even better. And I applaud you for calling on the legislature to get rid of all of the associated fees that come with exercising your right to bear arms. Absolutely. I think most people, when they know my background, they know I'm a passionate hunter uh, and love being outdoors. Most of my family memories are of enjoying the outdoors, hunting and fishing and spending time with livestock and wildlife. But for me, when I became governor, decided that I needed to be very, very active in making sure that we're not only promoting the outdoors, but we're also defending our constitutional rights. It was always important to me, but as governor, you have an opportunity every day to make decisions that immediately go into law, into statute, or that you have the opportunity to make a big difference on. So very first bill I ever signed was constitutional carry. Uh, it was the first session I was sworn in. And in fact, we held a huge signing ceremony out in the rotunda for it. Uh, it had a lot of legislators that were very proud to get that across the finish line because the previous governor had vetoed that bill several times. Uh, so we came into a very different environment, got it done and across the finish line, and it was a good day for South Dakota. You know, we have different permits uh, in South Dakota uh, to allow folks to carry handguns. Uh, and many people, even though we did constitutional carry, still get their permits because they want reciprocity across state lines. Uh, what we did this year is uh, I proposed uh, in my state of the state address that we eliminate all fees for anybody who wants to carry in the state of South Dakota. If they want their permit, they can go do that, but it'll be free of charge. And then also the state would take care of the cost of doing the federal background checks too. Uh, we want to send a clear message to the entire country that we support our constitutional rights. We support uh, citizens having the right to protect and defend themselves, and that also we're not going to charge them for it because during this day and age, people need to keep more of their dollars in their pockets considering what's going on at the federal government level. Boy, that's right. Uh, yeah, with Biden's inflation, uh, you know, we're all feeling the pinch here. And so so let me ask, where would the funding for uh, covering the fees and the background checks come from? How would you pay for this? Well, we've got historic revenues coming into the state of South Dakota right now. We have the strongest economy in the country. Uh, in fact, we've got hundreds and hundreds of millions of dollars that we have that have come in because of sales tax growth. Um, we don't have an income tax in South Dakota, no corporate income tax, no personal property tax. Really, the largest source of revenue for the state is from our sales tax, which is four and a half percent. 
Uh, and so looking for ways to deal with this extra revenue, the first thought that I always have is how can we give it back to the people? How can we lower their costs? How can we lower taxes, lower fees? And for this one, this one is at the top of the list. Um, let's make sure that we're telling people it's important to us that you get to pass your heritage and culture on to your kids and grandkids. We make it easy for you here to carry and that we wanna make sure that you understand that this is a right that is not given uh, to you by anybody other than the constitution. And that's why we should always have leaders who reflect the importance of those rights and how they need to be defended. You know, and I got to say, Governor, I mean, thank thank goodness we've got folks like yourself with that attitude in place, because, you know, I not only cover pro-Second Amendment states like South Dakota, but a lot of anti-gun states as well. And oh. we're seeing, you know, Governor Phil Murphy in New Jersey uh, is calling for a bill that would require every prospective gunner before you could even own a gun, you would have to take a mandated training course. Of course, you'd have to pay the associated fees to go along with that simply to keep a gun in your home. And so we see these anti-gun attitudes, you know, prevalent in, in these blue states where they are specifically designing legislation to inhibit or prohibit the exercise of a constitutional right. When you see that going on in some of these states, what's your reaction? You know, it, it actually grieves me. I can't believe that people are this aggressive at taking that right away from individuals. But we've seen that now the last couple of years, unprecedented actions by people to take away freedom and liberty from individuals. So what's what I found has been phenomenal about the last couple of years is that we're getting people engaged in government and politics that never have been before. Uh, and people are literally picking up their families and moving to states like South Dakota because of the government. And, and most of the people that are moving to South Dakota, and we've got thousands and thousands of them, they, they aren't coming here for our beaches or our, our lovely January weather, uh, but they're coming because they wanna be like us. They're done living somewhere where they uh, don't get to make decisions for their family. They don't get to have their kids in school. They don't get to exercise their rights. And I think that's wonderful. Most people look at what's happening in the country and see it as challenges. I see it as an opportunity for us to wake up people who have been too laid back about the role of government in their lives for far too long. And they're realizing that they don't want to live with what the liberals are pushing and what the extremists are pushing. Absolutely. I also have to ask you as well, you mentioned constitutional carry. That was the first bill that you signed as governor. We now have 21 states across the country that are constitutional carry states. We've got a number of other states that are considering the legislation this year. What would you say to governors like uh, Mike DeWine of Ohio or Ron DeSantis of Florida, uh, who may very well um, you know, be, be forced to, uh, to decide whether or not they are going to sign a constitutional carry bill into law? What's been your experience uh, as governor of South Dakota with constitutional carry in effect? Well, I would always cite on, on the on the founder's side, the men who set up this country and risked their lives for our freedom. Um, I think I choose that side every single time. They gave us documents and agreements that have kept this country special for hundreds of years. And I don't want it to degrade on my watch. That's the responsibility and the weight I feel on my shoulders all the time is I don't want to be the leader that decided I wasn't tough enough to, to do that, to defend what they fought so hard for. And that it's all perspective. You know, a lot of times people get up in the morning and they look at their job and especially politicians and oh, this job is hard and so many big decisions. Not really, our jobs aren't hard. I, compared to what people did before us and compared to 
um, you know, what people are going through today. You know, my husband and I talk about this all the time. We maybe had a day that was busy and rough, maybe bad news, maybe good news, but we weren't a family who woke up this morning and had a tragedy happen or had, you know, something terrible happen, or we didn't wake up in New York City, which might be one of the worst things that I could think of <laughs> right now that could happen to an individual. So people just need to keep perspective. And if you really do believe something, then back it up. Go do it. If you're sick of living in California, don't keep complaining about it. Go move, go somewhere else or run against them. You know, that's the that's the one only reason I ended up in this job is that I was raised by a dad who said all the time, you don't complain about things, we fix them. And I got tired of complaining about Obama and realized the hypocrisy of what I was doing and the way I was raised and decided that maybe after people had been asking me for a long time, I should be the one to run. So, you know, people need to step up and really be part of the solution rather than just sitting back and shooting arrows from behind. I got to say, I, I love that response. You've uh, you've actually inspired me. So I got to ask one final question. Do you think I'd have to cut off the beard if I ran for office, Governor? As no. somebody who, no? I love it. Okay. I've been sitting here. I'm almost like I couldn't speak because it's so, <laughs> it just draws you in. So definitely it's part of your appeal. Keep the beard. All right. Well, listen, Governor Nome, thanks for speaking with the Garden Nome today. I really do appreciate it. <laughs> I don't know if this is the first time we've ever had two gnomes speaking together, but uh, I, I really it. appreciate it. Hope we get a chance to catch up again very soon. And thank you for everything you're doing. We will. Thanks so much. Appreciate the governor spending some time with us here on Bearing Arms, Cam and Company. Hoping to uh, check back in with uh, Governor Nome here in the near future. Right now, though, let's get to today's Armed Citizen story, our good deed of the day, our recidivist report. We will start there. Not quite a recidivist story exactly, but it is definitely a soft on crime story out of New York City where a knife-wielding suspect has had a felony charge reduced uh, under the uh, soft on crime policies of the new district attorney in Manhattan, Alvin Bragg. Uh, according to the New York Post, this uh, wanted ex-con allegedly stole more than $2,000 worth of stuff from a drugstore by threatening employees with a knife, but he had his armed robbery charges downgraded this week because of these new policies in place at the Manhattan DA's office. Yeah. Uh, former Manhattan Assistant District Attorney Daniel Allen, who is our defense attorney, says Bragg's policies are an affront to every law-abiding citizen in New York City. Violent criminals now have carte blanche to reoffend, knowing full well that they will never again sniff the inside of a jail cell. He said, if you thought things couldn't get any worse, think again. God help us. So in this case, 43-year-old William Rowland is accused of filling up a trash bag with cold medicine and basically anything that he could find inside of this uh, Dwayne Reed drugstore. Uh, in Manhattan. This was uh, about 1230 last Saturday morning. When he left the store without paying, a manager confronted him, saw that he had a pocket knife in his hand. He allegedly said, bleep you, I'm taking everything. And then he uh, took off with an unidentified accomplice with about $2,200 worth of stuff. He actually went back to the store later that day, about 530 that afternoon, and allegedly stole more cold medicine as well as some other items there. Another manager recognized Roland from the earlier incident, called the cops, and that's when he was arrested. Uh, when he was in custody, police discovered some heroin that fell out of his sock, allegedly. He was charged with first-degree robbery as well as criminal possession of a weapon in the first incident. But when he was arraigned in Manhattan District Court on Sunday morning, the robbery charge was dropped by the DA's office. Instead, he was charged with two counts of petty larceny and other low-level offenses. In other words, shoplifting. 
Forget the fact that, uh, you know, he had a knife and he showed it. Now, look, possession of a pocket knife shouldn't be a crime. But putting it in somebody's face and saying, bleep you, I'm taking all this stuff. That elevates the non-crime of possessing a pocket knife into the crime of armed robbery. Unless, of course, you are an uber-progressive district attorney. Law enforcement source said, if you're a cop, you cannot charge a menacing with a petty larceny. That is a robbery. This is Police Academy 101. Well, you know, the sad thing is the Police Academy movies are actually funny. And there is nothing funny about what is going on in Manhattan. The only the only silver lining I can think of is that hopefully in a few months, New Yorkers are going to be able to lawfully carry a firearm in self-defense. But even then, you know, the uh, the city is going to make it awfully hard, as hard as they can for the law-abiding folks to exercise their Second Amendment rights, even as they make it as easy as possible for uh, criminals to target innocent victims. Now, today's armed citizen story, speaking of self-defense, St. Louis, Missouri, where a man has been determined to be justified in uh, killing a woman in a home invasion that happened, uh, I guess, just a few days ago. This was uh, last week, actually earlier this week. Shabria Furlow. Uh, was the uh, woman in question, and police say that she had actually targeted an acquaintance in this home invasion robbery. Christopher King, spokesman for the St. Louis County Prosecuting Attorney's Office, says it's just legitimate self-defense. There's no evidence of a crime. Furlow was found uh, at the scene of the home about 3.20 Tuesday morning. She was among several people uh, who were apparently responsible for this uh, home invasion. Sergeant uh, Tracy Panis of the St. Louis County Police Department uh, and uh, Christopher King uh, both saying that uh, Furlow, again, was aware of the the victim in this case. She knew the victim. Uh, King said she shows up with a number of armed males, uh, four other guys. Two of them had guns. Police haven't caught the men who were with Furlow, so they don't know, you know, their relationship to her. But they do know that they were there. Uh, after the homeowner shot the woman in self-defense and the uh, suspect scattered, police questioned the man. Uh, they said that he was cooperative. Detectives turned their finding over to the prosecutor's office, and the office decided not to file charges, uh, agreeing that this was a clear-cut case of self-defense. So we'll keep our eyes on the story, see if any other suspects in this case, those home invasion suspects, uh, end up in custody. But the good news is the homeowner, who acted in self-defense, will not be facing any charges. And finally today, our good deed of the day from San Antonio, Texas, where a police officer was in the right place at the right time, willing and able to do the right thing to rescue a woman from a burning car. This was uh, about three o'clock this morning. Driver of the car crashed on the northwest side of San Antonio. The passenger or a passenger of the car lost consciousness as the car caught fire. So female officer who showed up on scene, able to pull the woman from the vehicle. Um, while also, by the way, attempting to keep the fire under control by using a fire extinguisher. The passenger did regain consciousness after being pulled from the car. Both the driver and the passenger not seriously hurt. Neither had to go to the hospital. Please say that uh, distracted driving appears to be the cause of the crash. So keep your eyes on the road because, you know, you can't depend on your uh, friendly neighborhood police officer being there. But thankfully, in this case, that officer was able to uh, extricate that woman from the burning vehicle saving a life in the process, and we thank her for her very good deed. That is going to do it for this edition of Bearing Arms, Cam and Company. I want to thank you for being a part of the program as well. All right, so uh, right, listen, just a couple of housekeeping measures. Um, we've got another winter storm that is supposed to pound Central Virginia. So my plan for next week, 
if everything works out, is to uh, do a show from here in the home studio on Monday, then uh, hop in my car, try to drive through roads that hopefully will not be snow-packed and ice-covered, uh, go to an airport, get on an airplane that hopefully will not be delayed because of the inclement weather, and uh, go to SHOT Show in Las Vegas. So hopefully, next Tuesday, we're going to be coming to you from Las Vegas, Nevada, and the 2022 Shooting, Hunting, Outdoor Trade Show, if I can get there. <laughs> Which I I wish I could say was a an absolute you know rock solid guarantee, but at this point I'm hoping we don't lose power. I'm hoping the uh, storm doesn't sock us in. Uh, but uh, that is the plan. The plan is to be on the ground in Las Vegas next week, uh, giving you guys updates from the shooting hunting outdoor trade show. Keep your fingers crossed that maybe the storm blows offshore and we don't have to worry about it. That would be great. Fingers crossed and prayers up, uh, and we'll talk to you on Monday, unless, of course, my power is out, in which case, I don't know what's going to happen. But we will uh, hopefully speak again on Monday. Don't forget to check out BarryAndArms.com. In the meantime, we will be updating the site with all of the Second Amendment news and information that you need to know about. If you like what you see, you can always become a VIP subscriber as well. That's going to give you exclusive content and analysis you won't get anywhere else, but it also allows you to support the independent pro-two-way journalism we're doing at Bearing Arms, including things like, you know, on-the-ground coverage from the Shooting, Hunting, Outdoor trade show next week. If you use the promo code GUNRIGHTS, you're going to get a significant discount off your VIP membership, and we really do appreciate your support. It means a lot to us. So thank you very much in advance. We'll see you soon. Have a great weekend. Until we talk again, be well, be safe, and be free. 